Thank you for tuning in to the Creepy Calm Podcast, where I'll be reading Reddit stories of the weird, scary, and unexplained. Today's topic is r slash let's not meet. Enjoy. I live in Finland, and in a fairly small city, and this happened to me a year ago when I was 14. So, it was a Friday evening, and on every Friday our mom let us go to the store and buy candy. So me and my 12-year-old sister left our house to go to the store, and it was already dark outside. We made our way to the closest store, which was over a mile away. While walking, at some point there's a man behind us walking the same way, but I didn't think much about it at the time. He could be just going to the same store. So I continue chatting with my sister while the man is behind us following at a safe distance. We get to the store with no complications and the man followed us into the store. We take our time selecting our candy and get to the register to pay. While I was packing the candy in my backpack, I saw this man buying only a chocolate bar. Pretty far away to go for a chocolate bar, I thought, and at this point my suspicions of this guy start to rise. I get out of the store with my sister and we start making our way back. We walked for a while and I quickly glance at my back and the man was still there, following us. I took a look at my sister who seemed totally unaware about the man's presence. We continued our walk and up ahead of us was an unlit dirt road that continued for a good part of the trip. So I look at my back again and there the man still was about 60 feet away. At this point, I was almost certain that he was following us, because on our way to the store, he did not walk this part of the way behind us. The dirt road goes through a forest, and it had a curve at the start of it. Once we get to the curve, I look back and notice that the man can't see us, so I pull my sister into the woods and we duck down. My sister is saying something, and I just whisper, stay quiet, to her as I wait for the man to come. I could see the man's shadow coming down the road, and he started looking for us from the road. He walked back and forth. Now I was certain he was following us all that time. My heart was racing, and I tried to be as quiet as possible. The man didn't find us, but continued running forwards. We stayed in the forest for a while before getting the courage to come out. We walked the rest of the way home with no problems and get to our house. We eat our candy and have a good evening. But that really did bother me for a while, and especially my sister. Thinking about this still gives me the chills, and the thought of getting caught in that situation creeps me out, and I try not to think about it. I wouldn't want to meet this guy again. Down in the comments, SnooDonkeys5457 suggests, One tip that can help in these kinds of situations. Stop on the road, if there are people around and look directly at him. This will probably make him walk past you, since this makes him aware you know he's following you, so that he is forced to walk in front of you. This has worked for me one time, when I felt followed by a stranger. 
Stay safe, and I'm glad you and your sister made it out safely. Under this comment, Ryuki comments, It's a primal thing that totally works. Eye contact means you see their face, and you're not afraid of them. You don't care to avoid them, etc. Especially if you make it obvious you're annoyed by having to wait for them to choose what they're doing. This happened when I was in my early 20s. I was working in a retail store in a mall, but there wasn't enough hours, so I asked if there was anything else I could do. My boss told me that the location at the other mall needed more help, so I could go there on my weekend. I decided to take the bus route that was a bit longer, but I didn't have to make any transfers. So I got up early and caught the earliest one I could. The bus ride was fairly normal. I got to see parts of my city I hadn't seen before. I did notice that the bus eventually went into a more dingy neighborhood. There was more trash everywhere, abandoned buildings, houses, and cars, etc. I noticed it, but I felt like I was safely on the bus and my destination was in a nice neighborhood. At some point, an elderly lady got on the bus, and I noticed that no one was getting up to offer her a seat, so I gave her mine and went to go hold the pole near the side door of the bus and continued on my way. While riding, I remember looking at a guy next to me and asking if he knew about how much longer it would take to get to my stop. But before he answered, someone hit the buzzer to get off. The doors next to me opened, and then I felt hands on my free arm grabbing me and pulling me. I, on reflex, immediately clenched up because I generally don't like any physical contact with strangers, outside of a greeting handshake. And I really think that reflex saved my life because it took my brain a few seconds to register that someone was trying to pull me off the bus. A tall man in a white tank top, blue jeans, and white tennis shoes had come out of the back of the bus, grabbed my arm, and tried to drag me off the bus. He had pulled me down to the second step before I even understood what was going on, and I was just barely still hanging on to the pole. The arm he was grabbing had my purse on it, and I actually tried to shake my purse down to him so that he'd let go but he had no interest in my purse. I had just about started calling for help when I felt someone grab my waist and pull me back up towards the bus. The man trying to pull me down must have realized that he couldn't get me without this dragging out longer than he expected, so he finally gave up and ran off, and that was it. The guy ran off, the door shut, and I vaguely remember hearing the man who saved me say something along the lines of, you would die in that neighborhood and I had apparently gone into some kind of shock because I only remember saying, oh. I don't even remember thanking him. I didn't say anything to the driver. I didn't contact the police like I should have. I don't even remember my shift at that other location. I don't remember the ride home. It was like I was numb. It was when I was at home, had completely showered and gotten ready for bed in my nightgown that I sat at the edge of my bed and thought, did I almost get kidnapped? I almost got kidnapped. I have a lot of regrets about all of this. I regret not contacting the police in case that guy goes after another woman. At least women would be aware that he was out there. And I regret not thinking and keeping in contact with that nice person who saved me. I actually posted an article on my local Craigslist in hopes of him somehow hearing it and knowing how grateful I am to him. Well anyway, to the guy that tried to take me off the bus, let's not meet 
and I hope you got caught. This is my second posting that happened after the bus incident. I actually bought a car right after the bus incident. I had a car loan to pay off, but I was so shook up after that that I decided it was worth it. Unfortunately, I'm an idiot and decided one night in the middle of the night that I needed to grab something from Walmart. I don't remember what time, and at this point I don't even remember what I even went to get, but I do remember that as I was getting out of my car, I saw a rusted car pull up to the front of the building. The larger person in the driver's seat kind of shoved some skinny, disheveled-looking late teen to early 20-year-old out of the car and was kind of aggressively ordering him to do something and drove off. I also saw the teenager look at me as I closed my door and scurried into the store. I had kind of a do-not-involve-me mentality. I didn't know what they were doing, I just didn't want to be involved. This only lasted a few minutes. I had immediately gone into the women's clothing section because I wanted to be further away from the entrance when he came in, but damn if that obvious drug addict didn't immediately run up to me. I can be naive, but I'm not completely sheltered. As soon as he opened his mouth, I knew he was going to ask me for money, and money is a pet peeve of mine. I work hard. I made very little money, and I had to work hard for it. I was lifting boxes of product, assembling furniture, having to take a bus with crazy people. Before I had a car, if I missed the bus, I would have to walk miles to get home. I realized at this point that the person who dropped him off ordered him to get money some way or another, and I was annoyed. I could see him preparing himself to try and look pitiful, and opening his eyes wide to look innocent. I guess he didn't understand how insincere he looked right off the bat, and was like, Ma'am, can I ask you? Me. No. I immediately cut him off. I didn't want to hear whatever lie he was about to tell me. He tried a few more times, got mad, and stalked off, pissed at me. He found the lady working in the changing rooms, and I could hear him talking to her in the same insincere tone complaining about me to gain some sympathy. Ma'am, you won't believe how rude this bit. She cut him off, and I heard her call out on the radio very loudly. Security, come get this crackhead out of here. I heard him pleading with her, and her yelling at him for a minute, and security came to escort him out. It was very funny at that moment, and I thought it was over. I went about my business and checked out, and I was about to step out when I suddenly had a thought. That guy is mad at me, knows where I parked, and his ride drove off leaving him there. So that guy is still out there. There were only four cars in the parking lot. Mine, with two cars next to it, and one a row after mine. I thought I was overreacting, but I felt like it was a bad idea to go out there alone. I stood there a few minutes contemplating getting security to walk me out when I heard someone getting checked out and looked to see that it was a very well put together tall man who seemed nice, so I waited and asked him to walk me to my car. He was from the car the row after mine. He didn't mind at all, so I walked with him to my car, locked the door, and he walked to his. I really thought I had overreacted. I thought I was being paranoid until I pulled out and drove past those two cars next to me to leave and saw that young guy uncrouch from between the two cars next to mine and walk off. I stopped going out alone at night after that, and I started keeping my pepper spray in my hands in parking lots if I did. 
to young drug addict who wanted to ambush me in the parking lot. Let's not meet. Hope you got help or arrested. Either one. So I am a female in my early 20s. I moved out on my own for the first time about two years ago. I haven't had much to do with any of my neighbors, and have always been slightly uneasy due to the fact that no one around here is looking out for me. If anything seems off, no one would notice, or do any investigating to make sure I'm alright. Last year I noticed a man constantly walking his dog in the grass area behind my home. This isn't unusual to see, it is a common area for residents here. His dog is super cute, and my cat liked to play with it through the glass door out back. They would just chase each other back and forth and put their paws up to the glass and such. Real cute stuff. But one day I was outside, and his dog came running up to my porch with glee to get pets and say hi to his kitty friend. This is the first time I actually spoke to this neighbor. We'll call him Mark. So Mark seemed decent enough, and we got along just fine. We started hanging out pretty often in a short time period because I'm a smoker and he was letting his dog out all the time and it was summer so we ran into each other quite often and would spend an hour or more after work most days talking. This lasted for a couple of weeks. I gave him my phone number and was happy to have a friend in my complex. I will say he was clearly very interested in either having a romantic relationship with me or at least being butt buddies. He said this quite a lot. Not butt buddies, but you get what I'm saying. I was very honest with him that I wasn't interested in either at all, and had to tell him this quite often. Frankly, I was getting rather irritated that this came up several times every time we spoke. He rather quickly was trying to get me into his house. From the first time we talked until the last. He offered multiple times every time I saw him. I always said no, and blamed it on me being COVID cautious. He quickly got tired of that excuse and invited himself into my home as well. I always said no. One day he came out while I was smoking with a bottle of wine and a couple of glasses, saying I had to try this stuff because it's delicious. I instantly noticed that the seal is broken, screw cap bottle, but doesn't seem like anything was drank. The bottle was filled to the brim, which I also thought was a little odd because usually wine isn't filled to the top like that. So he pours a couple of glasses and doesn't drop a beat in telling me to take a drink. I felt very uncomfortable, but didn't want him to feel like he was being accused of anything when he's just trying to be a nice, friendly neighbor. After all, he poured himself a glass of this very same stuff, right? Well, my mama still raised me better than that, so I totally faked a sip and said it was good. After any sentence either of us said, he would again tell me to take a drink. I told him I don't really drink, so I'm pacing myself but did say that I noticed he hadn't drank any, and to please go ahead. He didn't reach for his glass right away, but in the middle of speaking, he reached for his cup and knocked it over, spilling the wine into the grass. 
He brushed it off rather quickly and told me it's my turn to drink now. I said, but you still haven't drank anything. You spilled your drink. Pour yourself another glass. I don't want to drink alone. So he did. He still didn't drink anything. He did tell me a few moments later to drink mine. I told him that he needs to catch up and we basically just kept doing that in circles. He reached for his glass again and guess what? Spilled it again. The wine is all on the grass now. Then he told me to drink. At this point I'm done. Too many red flags are screaming at me to get the hell out. I'm honest with him that this seemed really sketchy and I didn't trust the drink because he is refusing to drink any but is way too eager for me to drink mine. He told me he was just clumsy slash taking it slow because he doesn't drink a lot but he has seen me have friends over taking shots and drinking beers and wine so he knows I'll handle it better than him. Yet another red flag is raised so he's been watching me. Huh. I think it is important to mention that our complex is huge. He used to work here and knows the maintenance crew. And he doesn't live particularly near me. He's about half a block away from me and cannot see my windows or yard from where he lives and has a few different common area yards closer to him that he could use for his dog. So I told him I'm flat out not drinking anything because of how this all seemed. He once again pours himself a glass and once again spills it. There isn't much left in the bottle at this point. I pour the remaining wine in his glass and tell him to drink with me on three. We raise our glasses. To my amazement, he actually takes a drink, and I spilled mine into the grass. Oops. He comes out about two nights later while I was smoking, and instantly starts complaining to me that I wouldn't date him or have sex with him, and he doesn't know why all girls are like this. He starts getting really loud, shouting at me, asking me what the problem with him is, that I won't do these things. I told him that I'd been honest with him since I had met him and that I'm not interested in that, and that it isn't him specifically, I'm just honestly not interested in that from anyone right now. He still shouted at me and started complaining about his ex and her dog, yes, her dog, then proceeded to tell me that he used to abuse the shit out of that dog, and went into detail about how he wouldn't feed or water it because it used the bathroom in the house, and how he would kick it really hard. I'm horrified at this point, especially considering this whole time he's telling me this, he's playing fetch with this little dog. His dog always seemed scared of him, and I had even pointed that out in the past, and he said that his dog's previous owners were abusive, so he is just very scared and distrusting. The dog was always very excited to see me, though, and would cuddle up with me and stay by me. So I always thought I was extra special, but with that knowledge, I just think the poor guy is currently in an abusive household. I was so done with this guy that I just cut him off and said I needed to go because my friends were waiting on me. He will just blow my phone up with random text messages and it will just keep going. He has texted me telling me that he knows I'm home because he has seen me walking around or that he sees my car in the lot. He will throw his dog toys on my porch, I think trying to get my attention to come out because of the cute dog. He would just stand outside my porch for hours. It's all cold and rainy slash snowy these days, so it's even creepier. I think in his mind, since I'm a smoker, I'll come out eventually. Silly him though, because I just go out front when I see him out there. He said several things to me before the wine fiasco went down that were red flags. I figured it might be a language slash cultural differences though, because English is the third language he has learned, and America is the third country he has lived in. 
I guess the moral of the story is to just trust your gut. He is still bothering me, and like I had said, we only spoke and hung out for a few weeks in summer of 2020. My last message from him was last night. He asked me what he had done wrong and if I felt disrespected in any way. I have not spoken to him since he screamed at me for not sleeping with him, sandwiched and admitting horrible animal abuse. I thought about answering his text with the brutal truth about how twisted and creepy he presented himself as, and how uncomfortable he made me feel, but I didn't want to give him any ideas on how he should improve. Stay smart, folks. Don't drink things people give you if the seal is broken. He was definitely trying to drug me. Edit. To everyone telling me to move, I really appreciate the concern for my safety. I would love to move since I have become uneasy in my own home environment but moving is expensive and not something I can afford at the moment. I also do have a stun gun, pepper spray, and handgun. I'm extremely reluctant to ever use a gun on a person, but I do have training on the weapon. I do bring the pepper spray with me every time I go outside now, even if it's just to take garbage out or pop in my car for a second. context, I'm a 5'3 female, and I was 18 when this happened. I'm 20 now, and thinking about this makes my heart race, still. It was late on a summer night, and I had been hanging out with some of my guy friends at the skate park. We were smoking weed, and the guys were downing beers as usual. Normally, my twin sister would be with us, as she is my best friend, and great friends with these guys as well, but she was out with her boyfriend that night. The guys were talking about using their fake IDs to go to a bar, since the legal drinking age here is 19. None of us would legally be able to get in, so I decided to call it a night. I had no interest in that. I didn't even have a fake ID. When I told the guys, they offered to skate beside me while I biked. I declined, telling them that I could just bike home fast and they'd probably just slow me down. They skated off and told me to text one of them when I was home. I put my headphones in and sped off. I had been biking for about 10 minutes and was about 5 more away from home when I came to a stoplight and in my head I cursed the old man who sat on a bench near the crosswalk. I had wanted to bike through the red light but I didn't want to give him a reason to think, stupid teenagers. I stopped my bike and he gave me an oddly large smile. I felt a chill go down my spine but I noticed he has a cane perched upon his lap. He's harmless, I thought. I bet he can barely walk. I looked at the light again, and a big red hand stared back at me. Can't cross still. When I looked back at his face, he said something. That's when I realized I still had music blasting through my earbuds. I took one out. As I did, the old man stood up with his cane. He stood there for a second, about ten feet away from me, using the cane for balance. Pardon, sir, I said. Suddenly he dropped the cane. I barely had time to process it when I saw him sprinting at me. I froze for a second. My feet wouldn't move. Then they were scrambling, struggling to get a grip on the pedals. I ended up going through the red light, but that was the furthest thing from my mind at this point. I just kept biking as fast as I could. I didn't look back until I couldn't hear his footsteps anymore. When I did look back, he was speed walking toward his bench and the cane he clearly did not need. I have no idea why he sprinted at me. I still wonder what he said to me. I wonder more what his intentions were. 
To assault me? Kidnap me? Did he have a weapon? It all seemed so odd because he truly looked so frail sitting on that bench with his cane. To that old man, I hate you. Please, oh please, let's not meet. Let's go back about three years ago, when I had just moved into a new state for college and really didn't know anyone. Unfortunately, at the time, I was using one of those swipe left, swipe right dating apps because I had just moved into the city and had to end a relationship due to the move. I was mostly trying to distract myself and get a sense of what people were like down here. I began talking to a guy, let's call him Steven, who was going to the same school that I was and studied in the same department coincidentally. I guess I let my guard down because I assumed he was very dry since we were both nerds with chemistry and physics. Because of that, the extent of what he was able to get was my Snapchat. It really never blossomed more than a couple of snaps every few days. Cut to a little over a month later, I had just gotten out of class and I got a snap from Steven asking if I was busy. I said no, I'm leaving campus and I was just going to head home to finish whatever I needed to do. He asks if I may do him a huge favor because he had to run out of town for work and had to drive about four hours south. On Snapchat I was actually able to see his location and he really was headed in that direction, so no BS yet. Let me just say that from this point on I tend to have someone send me their username because at that point I'd be able to tell rather quickly if it was a brand new account which would throw red flags. I didn't this time. He wanted me to go over to his place and feed his dog and let him out because he wouldn't be home until much later if not the next day. I had never been to his place and I only vaguely knew that he had a dog. I hesitated and Stephen must have followed up with something convincing because I ended up saying, okay, but only because there's a dog. He sends me the address and even though I had already been living there for a month, I really didn't venture out of the campus, bars, and the area right around my apartment. The address is downtown, and I had only been to the bars downtown, where the surrounding apartments were on the very nice side and didn't think anything of it. I just so happened to have been talking to a guy, and they were in the area that day. I told Stephen that I'd be there in a few hours for the dog. The guy that I had been talking to, we'll call him Brad, met up with me and we hung out for a little while, and I told him I had to go run and do somebody a favor, but that he can come if he wants. He decided to come. I got to the house. It is in a horrible area of town. My car was relatively new and I was actually scared to leave it parked. I get up to the house and there is a dog chained up to the front banister, barking and snapping at us. I had tried to call Steven to ask him what was going on with this house and is this the dog I'm caring for or is there another dog inside? He said that currently he was in a meeting so he couldn't talk but he said no the dog is inside he's in a crate in one of the bedrooms. Just walk to the left away from the guard dog and go inside. We walk in and it is an absolute mess. Like a trap house, really. There was a mattress on the floor, stained, dirty clothes on piles everywhere, but less like a hoarder and more like homeless. 
There were cockroaches in the kitchen. The house seemed to be falling apart in one of the rooms. The furniture was mostly ripped up, completely stained, and disgusting. Brad was kind of a neat freak, so I could feel his desire to get out of the house. So I quickly texted Steven, saying we found the dog, and we'll let him out where the bulls are, so I can give him food and water. He says, go into the kitchen there, next to the sink. I should have noticed that no one really lived in this house, because it was uninhabitable. Unless you were squatting and homeless. There weren't any dog bowls anywhere, so I ended up grabbing two regular dishes and I filled one with water. Now, because I didn't really think too much about what happened, my memory is spotty. I don't remember what triggered Steven to have to contact somebody else to help me with something in the house. It was either how I could unlock the back door to let the dog out, or find dry food to give him. Either way, I asked him a question, and he responded by saying, Oh, hold on, let me get my friend that lives across the street to come and help you. Now Brad and I look at each other and wonder, if he has someone across the street he already knows, why am I here? When he mentions that he's right nearby, we walk up to the front of the house and see him leaving a front yard down the street. This guy was about six feet tall with blonde dreads down to his shoulders. For whatever reason, he ended up standing at the threshold of the front door and answered my question from there. I was starting to get agitated because I felt like I had wasted my time by coming here so I really didn't give a shit what this guy did or how unhelpful he decided to be. The guy seems to be annoyed, but it was pretty hot that day, and it looked like he had been working outside. But apparently, he had been staring Brad down, hard. I text Steven that we just left and that the dog is back in the crate. As we left the house, I kept looking in my rearview mirror, and I saw the big blonde guy walk in a different direction from where he came originally. On the way home, Brad and I were mostly talking about how horrible that house was for the dog to live in. I didn't really tell the truth about how well I knew the guy to Brad, so he assumed that we had been friends for some time and that I could have trusted him. I didn't really know how to explain that I had casually spoke to him but nothing more, and that he hit a soft spot when he mentioned the dog that needed help. I am quite literally the person who gets lured into a van with a sign that says, Free Puppy. When I got home that day, I deleted him off my Snapchat, and that was that. A couple of weeks later, I came clean to Brad about how weird that situation really was. Thinking back on it, I had my set of keys in my hand, and he had a pocket knife. Plus, he was very well versed in a couple of areas in mixed martial arts. But honestly, we were just considering how that guy that had shown up from across the street could have had a gun, and that would have been the end of it. Then it dawned on us that if he had decided to stay where he was, and I went alone, I probably wouldn't have come home. This happened a long time ago. I'm guessing back in 2006, and I can't have been older than four years old at the time, yet I vividly remember the fear I felt during this encounter. It was an early summer morning and the sun was up, but few people were out. In fact, the streets were practically dead that morning. My mom decided to take my sister, only one years old, seated in a stroller, and I to throw away some garbage at the garbage station. I might add that the garbage station is kind of secluded from nearby houses, bordering one of those deep, dark forests of eastern Sweden. 
Since I was only four years old when this happened, the memories from the incident have faded a lot. However, my mom remembers all of it. She says that, upon entering the garbage station, she immediately got an eerie feeling of being watched. I remember that feeling too. I felt creeped out even though I didn't know why I was scared. I guess I could sense my mom's fear. Walking along that secluded garbage station, my mom suddenly stopped and told me this. My name. Hold on to the stroller as hard as you can and don't let go, no matter what. That's my most vivid memory I have of this, and I don't think I'll ever forget those words. I'll at least never forget how they made me feel. It was as if my blood turned to ice. I just froze. My mom sounded stern, but even a toddler can sense when someone's scared shitless. My mom was definitely afraid of something. The rest is just a blur. I don't remember much apart from the aforementioned, so I'll let the rest of the story be told from the perspective of my mother. This is the recollection of her experience, recalled to the best of my abilities, but in my own words. Not far from where we were standing, a truck was parked with a man seated in the front. Nothing unusual, a lot of truck drivers stopped to rest by the side of the road. But this man was staring. He wouldn't stop staring. He stared right at me, examining my body, with the determined gaze of a predator, gluing the three of us in his sight. He truly seemed pleased by the fear he'd instilled in our faces. In his eyes, there was something else. Almost as if they didn't belong to a human, but rather to a predator on the savannah. I felt like prey, stuck in the claws of a lion. I just couldn't move. That's when he smiled at me. I remember that dead smile, those cold, calculating eyes, and the way he licked his lips. Almost as if to say, I could kill you if I wanted to. I believe this was the point in time into this strange encounter when my mom told me to hold on to the stroller, to hold on tightly and not let go. My mom is a small woman, 160 centimeters, weighing only about 45 kilograms, about 5 feet 100 pounds, and she could easily have been overpowered by the overweight man in the truck. My mom later admitted she was afraid he'd jump out of the truck and knock her out possibly assaulting her, or even kidnapping me or my one-year-old sister. We bolted out of there. We didn't throw away much garbage that morning. We just turned around and walked home as fast as a mom can do with a stroller and a four-year-old toddler by her side. We've never talked about what happened that day up until very recently. The incident has always lingered somewhere in the back of my mind as that weird thing that happened when I was a child. And every time I walk past that garbage station, I get a weird feeling in the pit of my stomach. As previously mentioned, this happened around 2006. Fast forward to 2008, the face of a 10-year-old little girl called Engla was printed across the front page of every newspaper in sight. She had been abducted, sexually assaulted, and murdered. And the perpetrator was an overweight truck driver named Anders Eklund, now known as one of Sweden's most infamous killers. Anders Eklund was charged with the murder of Engla, alongside the rape and murder of a woman named Pernilla. He's also suspected of abducting another little girl who's still missing, making him a pedophile, a serial rapist, and a serial killer. My mom says that when she saw Eklund's picture in the paper, especially when she saw those cold, familiar eyes, she knew he was the creepy man from the garbage station that early morning all those years ago. 
thinking how my mom or my sister or me or all of us could have been his victims. That sends chills up my spine. Anders, even though you're behind bars, let's not ever meet again. Thank you for listening to the Creepy Kong Podcast. Please follow me to get notifications for future episodes. 